Hello, and welcome to the Not A Real Veteran podcast with my co-host here today. Uh, Today's Wednesday, and it is uh, Not A Real Veteran. It is Not A Real Veteran. Looking sharp, my friend. It's going to be a very beard-heavy episode. Very beard-heavy, yeah, I guess you're right. And did you did you post who we're having on the show in the announcement? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Okay, just making sure everybody knows what's going on that we've got Eric Parker for Jacksonville here today. It's going to be a great show. Without further ado. you're back man how was your little break uh involuntary honestly it was kind of nice uh to have less to do it was not nice not having power but uh we have a fireplace mm-hmm. so that's freaking sweet i've never had a house with a fireplace in it so we put a mattress on the floor in the living room and lit fires whoa and- tmi will tmi oh excuse <laughs> me i forgot this show is pg as it, as it always is we'll stick to that um so, dude, I'm super excited about this guest today, but we do have to get through ad reads, the least fun part of our show, but most profitable and only profitable part, actually. So it's not not fun. Uh, Thomas Queter can't stand being stuck in a wheelchair. <laughs> he also can't stand the government and bad policies. Tom from 52.com is where you can follow his campaign because uh, he is uh, truly a stellar candidate. Um, actually, our guest tonight, Eric Parker, my first time uh, getting to interact with him was on Clubhouse, and Thomas was kind of grilling him on, uh, uh, you know, I guess you'd call it just like public policy stuff. Uh, so, not the best Clubhouse introduction, but uh, Thomas Queter is a hell of a guy, and uh, even if you can't vote for him, you can check out his website, tomfor52.com, uh, for no other reason just to say that you did it. You know, you hear us talk about it all the damn time. Go to tomfor52.com because there's no quitting Queter. Great argument. You do hear us talk about it all the damn time, just like the Royal Green or Crowned by Gold Book 3 of the Royal Green series, which you can find at theroyalgreen.com or on Amazon in paperback and Kindle, a fantasy novel written by a libertarian, for a libertarian, about libertarianism. I'm pretty sure. Wouldn't know. Haven't read it. Get your copy today. Theroyalgreen.com. That was awesome. Thank you, bud. Yeah. Two eyes, two ears, a chin, a mouth, ten fingers, two nipples, a butt, two kneecaps. I've just described the Alaskan raven and the reward for its capture, all the riches in Alaska. Um, So I guess they're, I was thinking about this the past couple times actually, their profile picture is a raven, if you're looking for the Alaskan raven so that you can... Uh, look at their memes, like their memes, steal their memes, request memes. <clears throat> They're at Slip Crow on Facebook. And their profile picture is a raven, but their cover photo, which is a lot more prominent on this ad read, is uh, looks like a horse and then also maybe some antlerless moose. I don't know what's I don't know what's out in the distance. Uh, anyways, yeah, okay, moose. It looks moosey. But the Alaskan wow. Raven at Slip Crow on Facebook for memes. Very nice, very nice. And also, James Toller for Kentucky. You can find him at toller4ky.com. He's running for the Kentucky State House. People over politics is what James is about. We need to have him on sometime. I don't actually know if he's a veteran. He was on last night. Oh, seriously? Yep. On the Tuesday night show? Yeah, which uh, does not usually have a guest, but they did last night. I was thinking. But, uh, yeah. They sure did. Uh, he's a real cool guy. I see why he's, you know, all about the people because he's a very personable person. He is a people himself. And uh, Redemption Tactical before – wait, let me check the comments, see if Jenny yeah. beat us. No, Jenny did not beat us. So Redemption Tactical, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, somebody beat us. Oh, really? 
Wow, I missed that because it wasn't straight up from Jenny. That Thanks, is too Greg. bad. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. And I think that's it, actually. So, without further ado, let's bring hey. on our guest. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I wanted to bring oh. him on this way. Sorry, sorry, okay, sorry, sorry, no, sorry, please. sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, two, two things, actually. Not, not to keep him waiting, because I hate that. But everybody's always saying, without further ado, is there really that much ado, or is the ado implied? Because I, you'd I think, think there'd be a lot of suspense for as often as people say, without further ado. I feel like the ad reads feel like quite a bit of a do. If I was watching this podcast and I was I had agree. to sit through these ad reads, I'd be, I agree. I'd be moments from suicide probably. Definitely wow. not to get myself into a mental hospital. Wow. No. Okay. Eric, I like loggers and ales. Will likes pilsners and IPAs. Uh, who's correct? You're both correct. There are no wrong answers. Cheers. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really like IPAs that much. That's a, that's a oh, stretch. You, and pilsners are loggers, Mister Beer Man over here. So. Yeah. So, so, uh, so te- technically, there are only two types of beer. So and you said you like both of them. Uh, one bottom ferment and one top ferment. That's, that's basically right. the major difference. But uh, yeah. So, cheers. I'm drinking a uh, Fat Tire Amber Ale. Which Amber's are pretty pretty good, but uh, I got some local IPAs in the fridge. You know what I mean? Uh, I shoot. I'll drink a Natty Light if the occasion's right. You know what I mean? I don't I don't discriminate when it comes to beer, so or anything else. Hell yeah, Fat Tire's good. New Belgium makes a lot of good stuff. I always like. Oh, them. they're sturdy. Um, yeah. Uh, so have you ever been to Asheville? Uh, they got a New Belgium brewery there. It's beautiful really? up in Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. They got a lot. They got Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, uh, Wicked Weed. So they got a lot of good ones out there. That's weird. I thought, because, you know, obviously, New Belgium's in Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they're, uh, I don't know where their main brewery is, but a lot, like, same thing with Sierra Nevada. You know, the one in Asheville isn't their main brewery, but Asheville has kind of become, like, the, uh, Craft beer capital of the South, if you will. Interesting. And I would imagine Colorado is probably the main craft beer capital of the United States. I think that's probably accurate. Can you really call yourself a craft beer, though, if you have multiple breweries? Like, aren't you just a beer at that point? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, so there are uh, rules for how you're labeled independent, and it does depend on how many barrels of beer you uh, brew, but huh. I th- I think my opinion is you could still call yourself craft as long as you aren't bought out and majority owned by you know a major macro brewing. That's uh that's my opinion. So, yep. But and I mean like I'm passionate about craft beer for a reason. I don't know if you want me to roll in an introduction or we could uh, whatever. But whenever I you ask you know what what is my day job or whatever. Whenever I said former manager, I was a manager of a local brewery here in Jacksonville as a part-time job. And uh, that is one of the reasons why I got involved here locally and I'm running for office. Just the way that the local government was trying to uh, hurt small businesses here in Jacksonville. So, ah. yep. That's awesome, man. Good for you for finding that hole in the system and actually trying to fix it because that's what it's about. Things don't really affect us unless it's something that we're passionate about unless the government kind of gets right in our way and of course you know we hear about stories of it getting other people's way all the time but that's when it really for me at least that's when it really you know gets me in the heart that's when it really gets me pissed it's whenever whenever i'm on hold for uh two hours with the va and i realize how broken that system is uh you know or the irs or whoever it is but uh good for you man so when is your election is it coming up uh no i have over a year i think uh march March 21st of 2023 is the primary. And in Jacksonville, uh, our pri- – I, I just saw uh, – thanks, no, I'm saying Tribe Brewdog. Anyways, I, I'll check them out. Um, but, uh, sorry, our primary is a unitary, and that means people can vote outside of party lines in the primary, and the top two make it 
to the uh, general election, assuming, I'm pretty sure assuming no one gets over 50%. Huh. So, uh, and, and where I'm running at, and I can go to the map, <laughs> but uh, I'm up here in the District 2 area, Jacksonville, the northeast side of Jacksonville, and currently there are three Republicans and one Libertarian, and I'm that Libertarian filed to run in District 2. And I actually think that helps me out because uh, I'm hoping they split the vote between themselves mm-hmm. and they'll have the best Republican and me. Now, that's assuming a Democrat doesn't run. But last election, the uh, councilman – sorry, that's my dogs. Uh, last election, the councilman won with 70% of the vote as a Republican. So it's heavy Republican where I'm at, but – he won with like 9,000 votes, and I know more people have moved to Jacksonville since then. But my, and I don't know if I said this out loud, my strategy is to motivate the independent, no party, uh, third party, because that's a little over 11,000 people. And then if no Democrat files, hoping they vote for me, because I mean, I'm going to, on some things, they'll agree with me on like criminal justice reform, legalizing marijuana ending corporate welfare, those sorts of things. Now, as far as the other stuff, like taxes and spending and uh, guns, they probably disagree with me on, but I can at least offer the Democrats something. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so are your opponents getting started as early as you are? Because that seems extremely early to get started on a city council campaign. Yes, uh, they are. There's three of them are already filed. Uh, one of them, I haven't released a bio to the news yet. I'm waiting for the other ones to release theirs, or you know, I'm waiting to get mine right and uh, type it up. But uh, one of them has had a bio released on uh, Florida Politics website, and I mentioned in it. This is before the most recent one filed, and then another he. All right, my opponents all got money. I don't, maybe not all of them, but two out of my three Republican opponent, opponents got deep pockets. One of them, pretty sure he's a decent enough guy, but he literally purchased a fire truck for the Santa parade around Jacksonville. Bought a fire truck. That's pretty libertarian so, of him, whether he realizes yeah, it no. or not. Seriously. He might, he's, might be – if I wasn't running, he'd probably be – so far, the guy I would lean towards, but um, that, I don't know enough about the newest Republican that filed, so uh, I would have to get to know her. But there's one guy's a lawyer, and he's like the establishment guy, and obviously I'm the furthest from the establishment choice area. So, you know, but yeah, I mean that's what I'm against. But I get I was the first one to file. Because I knew without like a major, major party support, I was going to have to get out there. And I saw I've been doing before I got on this podcast, I was out, have a list of all the registered libertarians in Jacksonville. And I've been going to, uh, been going to them first, getting signatures and leaving information. Also to let them know, hey, Libertarian Party is doing something major here in Jacksonville. We're running three candidates. I, I don't know if that's happening anywhere else. Seriously, this is kind of an experiment for the rest of the world, just to kind of put a put a spotlight on you guys. Are you doing like co-events yet? Have you been working together? So yeah, we've uh went and done signature gatherings. There's something called the Riverside Arts Market in Jacksonville. On the map, it's near downtown. It's kind of right there, um, close to that right there. But uh, no, we've done what? Huh? What's that in the middle of Jacksonville? Is that like a lake or something? That's the St. John's River. So the St. John's wow. River flows, flows north through Jacksonville. And I don't know, I don't want to be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure there are only two rivers in the world that flow north, and St. John's River is one. I think the other one's either the Amazon or the Nile or something like that. But St. John's River is the other one. And it's because it's spring-fed. Fr- spring from central Florida, essentially. If you follow this down and go down through Palatka, through Lake George, and then the central Florida where all the springs are, so all the springs in central Florida 
naturally flow up, I guess, through the aquifer. And then so St. John's River flows out of that north out into the Atlantic Ocean. So, yeah, that's St. John's River runs up that way, cuts over. That's what uh, we mentioned earlier about uh, before we got online about how uh, it is good fishing. Uh, Lake George is awesome, too, Central Florida for good fishing. It's got one of the biggest bass tournaments, I think, in the United States. Lake George once a year. Big bass. Oh, yeah. Y'all are lucky with everything down there. You got all kinds of animals and critters and whatnot. Dude, it's I'm kind of a geography nut, so I love that you brought a map, dude. That makes me so happy. It's so easy to understand things. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I printed are, this out. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask where Tubbs and the uh, the other Jacksonville guys uh, districts are. All right. So Tubb is running at large. Can y'all hear me good when I back away? Can y'all yeah. hear me good? Okay. So Tubbs running at large. So all of Jacksonville gets to vote for Tub, which is awesome because we'll really get to engage libertarians regardless of the district that you live in. It's awesome. Um, you'll see a libertarian on there. Me, I'm District 2, the orange up here, northeast side of Jacksonville. And Tracy, I don't know if y'all have had Tracy on yet. Y'all need to get him on. But he's District 8, and he kind of lives around uh, – I think he lives around this area. Yeah, like right around here. But his district is gerrymandered, and we know what that means, but it kind of goes over, up, and all over here, all crazy-like. Mm-hmm. So, And you could think that all has to do with demographics. And I have the demographics up here, the percent of black voters in the districts 7, 8, 9, and 10 are the highest in Jacksonville, and he's in District 8. So... And seven, it's 68, oh wait, it's 59%, district eight, 68, nine, 57, and 10, 58. So Tracy's district uh, is 68%. Right? And they do that for a reason. I mean, you know, most libertarians I know, including Tracy, came over from the Republican Party. But they do that to put control into one party or the other. And even the Democrats that are in office here, they're, they're not real Democrats. I mean, some of us might say, whew, that's a good thing. But there are establishment choices, you know what I mean? So it doesn't really matter, R or D, they're going to vote for giving our tax dollars to the corporations that help getting them elected. That, that's how it works. So That's right. Were you talking last time about some kind of big stadium deal that just happened in Jacksonville? Yeah, like over $100 million to the uh, owner, Shad Khan, for a four seasons, a practice facility, wow. and all, all, all this. And we're literally the worst team in the NFL two years in a row. You want to give $100 million. Like, hey, look, just keep throwing money at them. It's not going to make them any better. So yeah, I mean, you sell tickets, you know. Yeah, I'm a former Jaguar season ticket owner. I had season tickets for five years. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a fan. I'm just, I'm not a fan of. Spending our tax. First off, I'm not a fan of taxes. Second off, if we're going to be taxed, I'm not a fan of giving it to a billionaire. He can afford all that himself. He shouldn't need our help. 100%. And something I think people probably don't understand is how freaking massive Jacksonville is. How many people live there, by the way? So it's a little less than – I don't have the totals up here, but it's a little less than a million but Jacksonville's super spread out, and that's what yeah. I was saying. In, in the region, the largest the, city in the continental U.S. for land area. That's exactly right. Wow. Yes, yeah. and so the du- the Duval County line is the city limit. That's why whenever consolidation happens, all of these smaller towns, even Jack's Beach has like Jack's Beach over here. It has its own municipality. Sure, but it is also part of Jacksonville, and then Baldwin, a small town way out here is the same thing. Those two kind of got consolidated into, they still have their own smaller governments that do certain things, but they're still part of Jacksonville too. It's kind of weird, but so that's, it's about a million people. Then that's what uh, I like to tell people, like when they're thinking about moving to Jacksonville is Jacksonville to me is a big city with a small town vibe kind of, because if you want, you can live out in the country, you know, up where I live, like I live on an acre way out there. You can get some farmland if you want, or if you want to live in the, in the city and 
bike everywhere and whatever, you had that option as well. And you got different personalities in all the different neighborhoods of Jacksonville. So, so are you cool. running in the district that you live in? Yes, I am running. So if you're, I'm running in the district I live in, which is up here. Like I oh, live okay. almost, I live like right there in this district. Okay. Okay. So, and, and you, and you have to live in your district to run in your district. Tub, they do have like a residential requirement for where, like he has to live in a certain space to run for that at large group, but the people that vote for him is all of Jacksonville. Huh. So he, and they do that kind of, and I understand it and it doesn't bother me, I guess, but they do that so that, cause like if they didn't have anyone that looked for the good of the group, as much as we want to hate that as libertarians, you know what I mean? That sounds kind of Marxist, but the role for at large is kind of like if we're all bargaining for like, Hey, where we think tax dollars should go. They got five seats that are at large been 14 districts so that's 19 seats total wow so but they they're kind of like they could be a deciding vote on i mean it happens all the time like they'll steal money from my district and it happened on the road widening and spend it on some project somewhere else usually in downtown which nobody really goes to i mean they have events there but nobody really lives downtown the people live outside of downtown but they'll steal our tax dollars from district two and spend it downtown so it's terrible. Yep. Don't Sorry, guys. I didn't want to. I feel like I've. Y'all care if I make a beer run to the fridge? It's right here, but I can go hear you. Go for it. Go hey. for it. Rex, when are you running for for office? Ha <laughs> um, I'm going to be Michael Malice's VP. How about that, dude? I bet you can, I bet you can make it on Alta City Council. How dare you? Or uh, not Alta, Ardmore. My bad. Oh, well, uh, that's not a lot better. Huh? Or Lone Grove. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to do in Lone Grove. That could be a good thing. We have, I think I don't know, 4,000 or 6,000 people. I'm not, I don't remember off the top of my head. I guarantee you somebody in the government still screws with people. Maybe so. Is there a way that I could get rich? Uh-huh. I mean, depends. You should look up the salary of your city council. <laughs> I'll do that after this. Does yours have a salary, Eric? Uh, yeah, and I have, I'm teetering on whether or not I'll even accept it. You know, like, I feel like if I am going to be putting in the work, I could I could accept that money and donate it all to the Libertarian Party. You know what I mean? Awesome. Or, or donate, you know, I'm going to tithe my 10% to my local church and then the rest go to the Libertarian Party or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, really use that money to grow and spread the Libertarian movement. You know what I mean? Good idea. That's my plan with the money, like, what better way to limit the growth and the size of government than to put government tax dollars back in the hands of the people that want to give people their money back? So, right. Will would buy drugs. Uh, you know, that, like, that's thanks, why thanks for the drugs, constituents. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, when we legalize those drugs, I don't, you know what I mean? Hey, you do you, boo boo. You do you exactly. That's what it's all about. Shut up, Braxton. What do you think? Well, what do you think the future of the liberty movement holds, Eric? What do you are? You, what's your forecast? Are you positive, negative, optimistic? I, I'm optimistic. I'm positive about it. I think there are so many like great voices coming from different backgrounds. Uh, Spike Cohen uh, leading that charge, and his face is everywhere. He's on Fox Business, and you know, doing events in towns all over the United States going to all the conventions and uh, really showing the how legitimate it could be. Um, there's other, I don't know if you guys have had a conversation with Anthony Welty yet. Um, the Check him out. Anthony Welty, Liberty activist. I think his thing is live free, but he traveled. So he ran for a statewide a position in Washington state like two and a half years ago or something. Um, and supposedly he raised like, the most money. He ran a legitimate campaign. He raised the most money. He didn't win, but he raised the most money of any libertarian statewide candidate ever. Uh, and he since then just has became a Liberty activist and he did a road trip from Washington state down to Florida, stopping by affiliates and doing candidate training for candidates. And he's still, 
Uh, his, I haven't, I haven't uh, met Anthony Wilkie's wife yet. Sorry, I was reading the comments. But uh, I'm telling you, he, in my opinion right now, and I've said this, no disrespect to Spike Cohen, but Anthony Welty's wow. advice and permission, he's not going to run for office. He's literally just training local candidates, and he's bouncing around to affiliates, and he's he, in my opinion, is the most powerful message inside the liberty movement right now. But, but he's doing the Spike's advice. So he actually, I think, was the road manager for Spike Cohen's bus tour. You know what I mean? So uh, he's legit. Y'all should reach out and have him on. I don't think he's a veteran, so you have to have him on not a real libertarian instead of not a real veteran. But either way, he's legit. Y'all need to talk to him. Okay. Heck yeah, man. And also, y'all need to go and get uh, Tracy on. He's not a veteran either, so you can have him on not a real libertarian. But uh, he's uh, he is a different voice. For this movement and something that is needed you know what i mean so Hell yeah what do you feel like he kind of offers that's unique and what's kind of his his, uh, uh, his twist on it so i that's think that he's willing to think outside the box he's he's new to libertarianism you know what i mean he uh he's been all i'm i don't say all over the spectrum when it comes to politics but He's had a different life experience than I've had. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, he, he grew up in the more urban side of Jacksonville, but he's learning and he's growing and he's a great communicator. I don't know if you've seen some of his political advertisements, but dude, go to the one of the first one he did about recycling. It's legit. It's like professional. He hired a uh, videographer. He, it's no joke. It's legit. And I'm like, dude, that's needed. He's a great communicator, I guess. One way to do it. He he sounds good. I told him, and I don't know, some people might take it the wrong way, but he sounds like a young Malcolm X, just powerful and militant and like a great communicator. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man. So uh, I, I'm excited about him as well. Very nice. Yeah, that sounds like you guys got quite the, the bench in Jacksonville, man. Lots of good libertarians there. Dude, and we're all different, you know, like you said. Tubbs kind of, he's fun. You know, we're all different, but that is what I love about the Liberty Movement. And a lot of people, like, with the whole Mises thing and the this caucus and the that and the cathedral and the whatever, like, I'm not caucusing with anyone. Like, I'm trying to grow the whole Liberty Movement. And I think with what we've lived through over the past two years, two and a half years, like, there's way more room for growth right now. And, and yeah. if we, if we pigeonhole ourselves, then we're going to stifle that growth growth. Sure. And I don't, I don't want to see that happen. You know what I mean? Like, but we still need to be bold in our messaging and clear and honest and genuine. And I mean, like, that's what I like about libertarian party though, is you don't have to tow the party line on borders or abortions. You can have your individual belief. We just think, it's better left up to the people instead of the government to solve these problems. So. Well said. I feel like we're doing them a favor, you know, to, to have the Mises, to have this division in these conversations. I'm a Mises member. I'm in yeah. caucuses. Um, and I, I have no problem with caucusing if it's treated like a clique, not like a, you know, like a divider, not like a new party of its own. Um, That's Will's yeah. thing, though. He's he's in every caucus, so he always yeah. comes out on top. It's true, exactly. But I mean, really, you know, we're we're doing them a favor, and it's like as long as the U.S. government's still in control and they're still sending people to war and they're still stealing our money and putting people in cages and putting them to death, we still have to be fighting that. And until that's gone, fighting amongst ourselves is really pathetic and a waste of our time. Do you remember yeah, and, who's? And, oh, sorry, Eric. Uh, I was going to no, say. Go ahead. Was not- I was just, I was just going to say I I was just going to say I totally agree. So go ahead. And say something unimportant. I was thinking, um, who did that? Who bets on both sides so they always win? And it's Mac on Always Sunny whenever they play like Charlie yeah. McGinnis and stuff. But uh, today's <laughs> Charlie Day's birthday. So happy birthday, Charlie. Nice. Happy Did's birthday, Charlie. No, I haven't, dude. I need to. I haven't really either, bad. but apparently it's pretty popular. Like it's, it's supposed to be pretty good. I've listened to little clips of it here and there on Instagram, but I haven't listened to it. I forgot about it, dude. I need to revisit that because, yeah, I'm sure that is awesome. Yeah. Hearing them talk. 
It's just weird hearing them be normal people. I just expect them all to be idiots. It's like, wait a minute, you're normal. Okay. So, Eric, what do you feel like, you know, since we all kind of have our own twist on libertarianism, what do you feel like it is that you bring to the movement that's kind of unique and what your kind of twist on the message is? So, my background, um, I came over from the Republican Party in 2020, but I was a, I was a Ron Paul Republican. First time I ever learned about libertarianism was in my economics class in high school. I had a libertarian economics teacher, and he, as much as he could tell people about laissez-faire economics and that sort of thing, uh, that's where I, I guess the seed was planted. And then, so I graduated high school 2006. 2008 was the first uh, Ron Paul opportunity for me to really to see a candidate. And then, like, I saw how much the establishment tried to silence him. And I was like, yo, if they're trying to silence him, then he's got something important to say. Yeah. And, uh, like, I stayed a Republican for so long because – Ron Paul for two election cycles and then Rand Paul. And uh, I, I had a conversation a while ago with a guy running for libertarian here in Florida. His name was Adrian Wiley. And uh, I, my excuse was I'm still a Republican, uh, you know, so that I can make a difference in the primaries. And he's like, your one vote or your one, your registration moving to libertarian would make a bigger difference than your one yeah. vote in a Republican primary. 100%. So, and that always kind of stuck in my head. And I mean, like I run like my family background. Uh, I grew up in Yulee, Florida, which is the town just north of Jacksonville right there. Huh. But uh, I've lived where I live now for nearly 10 years. But uh, like my, my dad is still registered Democrat, but he voted for Trump. You know what I mean? And so he's Republican in his thinking but when he registered as a Democrat, how many ever years ago? Uh, 30-something years ago. The Democrat Party was what I think might have been considered classically liberal, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so. via, via, you know, like the, the JFK, was JFK a uh, Democrat? Pretty sure he was. Uh, like, those type, JFK, in my opinion, in the new era of presidents, might have been the best one we've had. That's probably why he was assassinated. You know, one of the in the Federal Reserve didn't want to get involved with Cuba, didn't want to stay involved with Vietnam, all that sort. He wanted to end the military industrial complex. Well, the CIA uh, changed his mind. Sorry, guys. Is that, is that, I know you're saying I'm trying to keep a PG here, and I, I'm a little bit. Of no, a that was a joke. The PG <laughs> thing was a joke. You're good, man. That was good. It's weird. It's like, I feel like you're right, though. You talk about something important about the difference between kind of classical liberals and modern liberals and how that Democratic Party used to be different. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like most Americans back in history had pretty libertarian viewpoints. They understood the importance of the rule of law and abiding by the Constitution. They understand the right to bear arms. They understand that everybody should provide for themselves and, and needs to do that, at least morally. You know, maybe they had the Great Depression and they felt like there was exceptions economically, but morally, they felt like you should provide for your, your own life and your family. Um, but it seems like just kind of one by one, issue by issue, the major parties have just kind of chipped away at our, the principles of America and basically corrupted it to become more about um, supporting politics versus supporting any ideas or any principles. Um, they're just supporting whatever the operations are of the day. You know, they're more like a business. Um, that's exactly what they are. But it's, it's weird and sad because I feel like Democrats, Republicans, everybody still has that core somewhere deep inside them where they know those things to be true. And they know those old values to be important and they still love those things, but they're so skewed um, in how to apply it. You know, they've been confused and thwarted now into thinking, well, now universal health care is real liberalism. And um, now you have to hate brown people if you're conservative and sad. Yeah, I mean, like, I really don't know the era of when it changed uh older types like tub sorry tub uh <laughs> they uh they say that the democrat party changed around bill clinton like right after right before and it, and not saying it had anything to do with the uh drama involved with his election but that's whenever the democrats changed according to them but uh, we weren't voting then you know what i mean like i was I don't know how old I was then, but we weren't paying attention. And yeah. uh, the other day, 
I was at the candidate training, and Joe Jorgensen made a good point about how uh, she was on, like, a little training video. But, you know, it was a live stream or whatever, Zoom call, with a bunch of us here in Libertarian Party of Florida that are running for local office. And it was a really great training. Anthony Welty was there. Uh, but uh, she made a good point about how Ron Paul and the Ron Paul revolution, especially 2012, how uh, – like the universities were packed, and that is true. You would see a picture of him doing a rally at any college, and it was packed. And I have pictures of me on my timeline that were brought up ten year. You know your your memories on Facebook, and I shared them as hashtag ten year challenge on my Facebook. And it was us standing outside of UNF. CNN was having a debate, and we were at like getting off the interstate and going to UNF. I'm saying thousands. There were a couple thousand people there just for Ron Ball, yeah. holding up signs, yelling, and his when his suburban rode by, he was fist pumping out the window and peace and peace signs and you know like blowing kisses. And we were like, hey, let's march in that direction. We all marched, and it was on a live video on CNN when we showed up at the live broadcast of all the anchors like talking as we showed up. And signs everywhere. They couldn't hear themselves think we were so loud. And that is what the Liberty Movement is missing, is that passion that Ron Paul brought. And that I get it. That was the Republican Party. But he knew what he was doing. He lit the flame, lit the torch, and now we got to carry the torch. And it it died down. Like, Rand Paul, when he ran in 2016, uh, like we thought that it was going to be different. And I, uh, no disrespect to Rand Paul, he's probably the best senator we have. That, but his enthusiasm dropped off right after that election. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much money the establishment ended up giving him to cool his jets. And we saw him kind of get fired back up with the whole Fauci thing. But, uh, like, it's just like, man, and I, I literally feel like after Rand Paul, like, the liberty movement went into hibernation or something. I feel like we haven't been in hibernation necessarily. I feel like it's still been a consistent, you know, movement since then. But I do feel like a lot of people lost hope. And I think what happened was, you know, I remember really distinctly that first debate in, like, the fall of 2015, the first Republican debate. And, you know, that was the first time they really got a taste of Trump just yelling over everybody, essentially Trump being yeah. what Trump became. But I remember watching that, and as a logical human being, of course, knowing that Rand Paul was pretty much right about every argument, he was destroying everybody else in, in all logic and all rules of debate and understanding of how you, you know, dissect arguments. And yet the media afterwards came out and was saying that somehow Trump had won. So it was like, obviously, they were just selecting a winner. You know, nobody yeah. had half a brain and watched that could possibly think that he would have won that debate in any kind of academic setting. But on the biggest news source in the entire country, they're saying that, uh, no, Trump, in fact, won. So I think after that, we all lost hope. We realized that the, the chances of us winning through the establishment means are very low. We're going to have to yeah. think outside of the box about this. We're going to have to get on the street. We're going to have to, you know, meme our way to the top, honestly, because going through uh, CNN and NBC, they're going to fuck us. Yeah. Um, no, you're good. We all kind of lost hope, but I think the movement kept growing and has kept growing and will keep growing. Just that, you know, that showed us that we're on our own. Yeah. Man, that reminds me um, last year. So, like, not this past Christmas, but last Christmas, I got Will Parks and Recreation for Christmas because he's <laughs> never seen him. And uh, uh, six or seven months later, he texts me and he was like, Hey, you know, do you watch Attack on Titan? I was like, no. And he was like, well, I tell you what, for every episode of Attack on Titan you watch, I'll watch an episode of Parks and Recreation. I was like, all right, perfect. Well, um, I'm up to date on Attack on Titan. They're coming out with new episodes like every week. Uh, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> Will's not watched Parks and yeah. Recreation yet. Dude. I'm sorry, dude. Parks and Rec is legit. It's, is it still on Netflix? Are they taking it off? I don't, I don't they know. took it off. Now it's only on Peacock, but he's got the DVDs. Yeah, I asked, so yeah, uh, me and some other people share a pe- Peacock subscription. So that's smart. That's I was like, I saw it somewhere because I mean, like Peacock's got some stuff I want to watch, but it's not enough. Like I want to pay a full. Same, I want the office for. pretty much. And that's it. Yes. So I mean, like I obviously Ron Swanson, and it's on my Facebook somewhere. Uh, but I was Ron Swanson for Halloween, 
a couple years back. So I basically shaved the beard, just rocked the mustache, threw on a sweater, and I had a coffee cup, and it says the whole all the eggs and bacon you have or whatever on it. So that, yeah. that was that was a Halloween costume one year. When but, I was uh, in Germany, the uh, the local AFN, the radio station, they yeah. uh, they were giving away Nick Offerman, who's just the actor who plays Ron Swanson. Yeah. He had a book, and they were giving away his book, and they're like, you know, we're going to ask a question, and whoever calls in with the right answer. And I was outside the dorms. I was going to pick my buddy up, so I was, and I, they're always asking questions I know the answer to, but I'm always driving. But I was like, hey, this is it. So they said um, in Parks and Recreation – who is uh, Rick Swanson's jazzy alter ego? And I was like, man, I know this. Uh, so I, yeah. I was like, it's Duke Silver, yeah. but uh, I told yeah. you. Know, but I had to correct him because they said Rick Swanson, and I was like, um, surely you mean Ron <laughs> Swanson, but it's uh, it's Duke Silver. That's so awesome. I got. That's, the book. He's one of my favorite libertarians, and uh, I think when well, I started watching Parks and Rec, I probably didn't – I didn't know what a libertarian was, like not at all, and I never even – it didn't even inspire me to look it up. I just didn't think anything of it. And then once I learned about libertarianism, I thought it was funny, but looking back on it, he is one of the best libertarians. Well, so I, I don't want to burst your bubble, and maybe I'm wrong, but if Nick Offerman is actually libertarian, he's very left leaning. No, he's not. Yeah, he's not a libertarian. <laughs> yeah, but his character is spot on, and it like I think he thought his character would make us look bad, mm-hmm. but in actuality, we're like, yep, nailed it. You know what I mean? Nailed it. Because it is a character, but one of the best things, and this is something I think what you guys were alluding to earlier, there's an American value that got lost, and that's minding your own business. Because yeah. Ron Swanson, you think that you would think that he was like a conservative. You think he would not be cool with like LGBT stuff. You think he would not be cool with like drugs because he's like such a straight laced kind of guy. But yeah. literally on any issue, he's like, I do not care. Like you don't have to tell me about yeah. this. I'm not listening. I don't care. And I, just, I think America would be, uh, you know, ten times better if people just had that attitude. I would like to ask Nick Offerman if playing that role made him think of libertarians differently because he's a lefty. I mean, he's mm-hmm. probably pretty dang socialist because I've seen his stand-up and his stand-up is not nearly as funny as him. And he's a good actor too. Wasn't he in like a meet the Millers or we are the Millers or whatever that's called. You bet he was. Yeah. Yeah. So he I mean, like, that was a, agent. yeah, that was a good uh, character of him as well. That's why I'm not knocking him as a professional, but, and I mean like, that's one thing is I could literally, I know people who are democratic socialists, borderline communists, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had the, they know I'm libertarian. They probably follow my campaign page. They're happy that I'm not the establishment politician. They hate de- establishment Democrats as much as you and I do. So, uh, I'm sorry, the comments when they pop off, I'll try and read them and, <laughs> Yeah, sorry, man. Um, but uh, no, you're good. I, I want to be engaged. I don't know who Tammy Two is. Oh, from and, the show. That's uh the Tammy Two. I think was the librarian. Oh, that's right. That's his yeah. Real wife. Okay. Awesome. That's awesome that she played his role. That role in the show as well. Sorry, guys. Uh, drink it. I switched to Frostproof by Cigar City Brewing. They're out of Tampa. Maybe they'll try and endorse y'all or something. Anyway. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, but uh, sorry, I forgot what I was saying. Where where did we where did I leave off? Well, oh. we were talking about Nick Offerman, really, and then oh, but your Democratic Socialist friends. You said they're yeah, just yeah. glad you're not established. Dude, like, all right, first off, don't say friends. That'll get me canceled, right? The Libertarian oh, movement. Break. What? But no, no, you're good. Uh, but. I've had conversations with them, but man, if y'all wanted to get the government uninvolved and you didn't want to use my tax dollars to pay for the things that you want, then we probably wouldn't have a problem. Like you have your, I said, just have your commune. The government will let you have your own commune. Think of it like a big HOA for communists. You all live there. You got your own rules. You do your own thing over there. And we do our thing over here, but we get along, right? Like, you know what I mean? Anti-establishment. But that's the issue is with communism, it requires the state to enforce it. You know what I mean? So that's where we disagree. And you get the whole political spectrum of the ANCAPs and the ANCOMs. Or, yeah, ANCOMs. 
but we got and some like, autumn unity going on. Hashtag not gay. <laughs> Sounds like a gay thing, but it's not. What? What? what was it? Oh, geez. What is it? Bottoms United or Bottoms Bottom Unity? Unity? Yeah, you're right. Bottom Unity. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I was like, man. Oof. Yeah, of course you <laughs> yeah. were. I know it's the, it's the bottom of the covers. <laughs> the bottom yeah, of the no, That's exactly right. Like, just get away from the authoritarian part exactly. of it. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, uh, you got, we never touched on the whole veteran part of this podcast. We we did in, what did you do in the military, man? Yeah, so uh, I did nine years in the Army Reserves as military wow. police. Yep, Mil- military police. Um, I deployed to Iraq in 2009, 2010. Uh, deployed to Guantanamo Bay around 2013. Uh, you know, when we were in Iraq, we did a uh, combat support. I trained the Iraqi police in Mosul. And like two years after we left, I don't know how. I think it was two, a few years after we left, ISIS took over Mosul, blew up Jonah's Mosque, which literally like at the IP headquarters in Mosul, right across the street was Jonah's Mosque. Um, and like, and then in Gitmo, you know, I was, did detainee operations. What did you uh, think about that? Because I've heard basically nothing but terrible, terrible, terrible things. About Gitmo? Nope, just, uh, <laughs> just containment in general. So it was a crap show, and I, I don't know how much of this I'm allowed to say. I feel like I, they, but um, there were like 50 dudes sitting in Gitmo that have been there for years that have release papers, like from the United States federal government saying, uh, we don't see any issue or whatever. You're, I'm not going to say innocent, but we don't have any charges to, file against you but yeah. no country would take them and wow. give them citizenship or give them yeah none and i don't know this i never fact checked this but there was a rumor when we got there that one point china i think it was china was like hey we'll take four of them send them over and so we said all right cool put four of them on a jet they got there they landed they got off the plane on the tarmac and they executed all four Huh. I was like, yeah, that was a rumor. I don't know. Hey, I can neither confirm nor deny because I wasn't there, but yeah, um, I heard that. Um, disgusting, though. There should be no cages without proof, in my opinion. Even like, I mean, if somebody's a murderer and you have evidence they murdered, that's one thing. But for any other yeah. crime, anything else, any suspicion, like you, you find proof and then you can have the person, but not before that. I think that... If we're going to keep Guantanamo Bay, there should be some politicians put there more than there should be people we have no proof yeah. of. Yep, damn right. Well, hey, man, we're running up on close to an hour. Do you have any last-minute plugs or uh, things you want to mention? Uh, so anybody in Florida, March 26th, I'm having a campaign event uh, at Veterans United Brewing. Um they got good craft beer. We'll have live music. The artist, Jess, she is a libertarian. Uh, she's amazing, by the way. I'm still working on getting a food truck. If we don't get a food truck, I'll cater it with some sandwiches or something. I don't know. I might, maybe I'll smoke some barbecue myself and bring it. We'll figure something out. Um, but anybody in or around Florida or you guys, if you're looking for something to do March 26th, you know, I got a spare bedroom. I got a camper you can sleep in figure out a way to get over here it'd be a lot of fun veteran theme i was at the brewery one time and they were just straight up like uh they just offered the venue to me for free so the venue isn't even in my district but i was like first off it's veteran focused veteran theme brewery you know me the owners are veterans and i was like and the venue's amazing i was like what better place to host an event so anyone in florida go to my facebook page uh, Eric Parker for Jacksonville City Council. Um, website is ericparkerforjacks.com. Go there, hit the donate tab if you can afford it. Um, follow me on Facebook. Email me at eric at ericparkerforjacks.com if you have any questions. Oh, yeah. Awesome, man. Good luck. And we have that flyer, and we'll share that um, here shortly, and we'll also share it uh, again when it's closer to time and uh, – I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know about how many vets that we uh, we touch 
uh, over that way, but uh, I don't know you. if you know. But yeah, either way, we'll let you know how many people respond to that, or you'll let us know. Gotcha. We'll, uh, yeah, I mean, out. like, it should be a lot of fun. I reached out to some Mises guys and said, hey, let the Mises people know what's up. Yes, I am going to the Florida LP convention. I'll be there. There you go. Hell yeah. So, uh, and any of the other questions I missed, maybe I'll go back and respond. But y'all got anything else? I know we kind of just jumped right in and didn't get a chance to touch base or anything. So, well, rock and roll, man. Appreciate you being on and just, you know, always being willing to talk. I'm out of shows now. I only got two podcasts, so I can't invite you anymore. But I'm sure we'll have you on again when things get closer to election time. And good luck, man. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. Keep us posted. Uh, hopefully, I'll hear from you guys soon. Hello, Cheers. Sir. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Hell yeah, man. Great guy. Jacksonville's a lucky place. I really want to keep investing in that and keep trying to share that message, man. That's incredible. Maybe that is really cool. The libertarian bastion for America. Yeah, and I want to see that done some other places. Imagine, you know, like five or six libertarians running for uh, Oklahoma City City Council. Or, right. You know, something amazing, like that. Man. Pretty amazing. Well, man, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus. We have Linktree now. So any of our uh, social media sites that you get on, you'll see our Linktree, and that'll get you to the others. Um, Discord is the most official. I mean, that's how we vet people. Um, there's a tiny little questionnaire that uh, gets you plugged in. So, Hell yeah. Um, but I, I do have a feeling that most people listening right now, they're already, uh, if they're not involved, they're familiar. What about yourself, Mr. Darty? Just got the uh, Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus as well. Um, you can also follow the OKLP, Oklahoma Libertarian Party, to see more of my posts and, and stuff, good liberty fights. Um, go to LateNatalieBruno.com. And that's all I've got. We will see you guys in – well, actually, we'll see you tomorrow night. Me and Bootleg will be back here at 6 p.m. Central. But me and Brax will see you in one week with – do you know who we're having next week? I do. You, you want to announce it? Oh, sure. Um Let's see, what are their, I'm trying to think of their libertarian names. Next week's going to be the Core 4 episode with myself, Will Darty, the bootleg libertarian, and libertarian Jenny, the meme Oh, yeah. All right, Jenny. We're ready for you. We'll so, see yeah, you guys the four vets. tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Thanks for watching. <laughs>